welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. We are your Broncos beat reporters at the Denver Post. A critical week for Broncos country. Uh, Denver traveling to Arizona uh, against a team with only one victory. Also, players and coaches uh, basically playing and coaching for their jobs at this point, similarly to the Broncos. Uh, And this is a podcast dedicated to to the Denver side of things, looking at players who are a bit under the gun in this game, but also a bit under the radar. We've talked about sort of the usual suspects, uh, Vance Joseph, Joe Woods, Case Keenum, Bradley Roby. Uh, The list goes on of of players who have to improve their play if the season's going to get turned around. But Ryan, there are a lot of people who maybe you could point the finger at for this Broncos skid here, four games in a row, who are now really in the spotlight as, as people who need to step up within the organization what made you kind of whittle down this list of, of players and, and, and coaches? Well, I didn't limit it to guys playing bad. Um, guys maybe who need to pick it up, guys who are playing for the next contract. And, you know, I came up with seven people at the start, be the head coach, the GM, defensive coordinator, but also Matt Paradis, the center. He has to play well because he's got basically two new guards now. Uh, he's a free agent after the year. Case Keenum, he's got to prove he's worth keeping for next year. Brandon Marshall, is he too light to play inside linebacker in a 3-4? And then Demarius Thomas, six drops. Can he finish the season to tell the management, hey, I deserve to be here next year? Those are just the tip of the iceberg. But when you're playing in your seventh game, that means you're close to halfway. You should know your role. You know you're going to play. You just got to play better. So that's sort of where I'm going for Thursday's paper is, you know, let's face it, unless they lose 45 nothing on Thursday night, I do not expect a coaching change over the weekend for several reasons. The top one being, who's the interim? Right. Nobody on staff would be an obvious choice. So if they if they win, then I think the, the fire will go down a little bit. If they lose a close one, you can just say, hey, you got to regroup for 10 days from now. So, uh, But the onus is going to be on some of these guys to pick it up. Right. And so, like you mentioned, Ryan, this is a story that will be in Thursday's newspaper, analyzing all the players, the people within the organization um, under fire going into this Thursday night game. Let's take a look at three of them. Like I mentioned, guys who maybe don't get as much uh, print time or much talk time. Uh, you mentioned one of them, Matt Paradis. Here's a guy who started every single uh, game of his Broncos career at center. It's going to be number 55 for him on Thursday night. He's a team captain, but watching film study, what do you learn, Ryan? What does this guy have to do better, especially, like you mentioned, with a couple of guards who are, who are unproven on each side? Well, they would never admit it, but you would have to be concerned about his play after week one. I thought he had a tough go of it. Since then, he's been pretty consistent in the run game and also pass protection. I did not give him a sack uh, allowed on uh, Keenum uh, the other day because it was over five seconds. Quarterback's got to get rid of it. You can't block your man all day. The key for Paradis is... Max Garcia is now your new left guard. Connor McGovern, who they were moving on from at right guard, is now back in at right guard. So there's a communication there, uh, you know, protection-wise, making sure everybody's on the same page. But here's why Paradis is important. You can't replace every lineman next year. Do you really expect Jared Valdir back at right tackle? He can't stay healthy. They're obviously in the market for guards right now because, you know, Leary's an older guy. Now he's a torn Achilles. Left tackle Garrett Bowles remains a work in progress they don't have any other in-house options right now so I think for the Broncos it's important for Paradis to play well these last nine games 
and then re-sign him so you can at least have one less hole to fill in free agency or the draft. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball for the next player that we'll look at who's in the spotlight. You could pick a whole bunch of different players, and we've talked about them. Von Miller's need for increased production, uh, Bradley Roby's struggle in man coverage. Uh, but this is a player that you brought up just a minute ago uh, who's also maybe been responsible for some of these run game issues, Ryan, uh, that being Brandon Marshall, a guy who slims down at inside linebacker. You mentioned it. Is he maybe a little bit too thin to the position? Is, is physicality part of some of the issues that you've seen when watching the tape and, and this team's ability to stop the run? Well, well, I think when Vance Joseph says guys get a got got to get off their blocks, he's talking about the linebackers and defensive backs because it's a one-on-one block. Got to use your power and strength to get to shed that guy. But Brandon, with with his current play, we, I think he's a better fit for a four-three outside linebacker, like a weak side backer, because he can move well in space. That means your run res- responsibilities uh, aren't as great. Him and Todd Davis both need to play better. I mean, teams are going right after him. You know, teams are going to make sure that Broncos are in nickel defense right now. That means two linebackers. Uh, Brandon and Todd have both had their playing time managed with the emergence of Josie Jewell. So with Marshall, it's you're, you're looking, okay, where's my stop next year? You know, so Ike wants to get through the season healthy. But if he wants to remain a Bronco, Ike, him and Davis are the keys for this run defense climbing back out of the toilet, which is where they are right now. Yeah, just two games in a row with 270 plus allowed on the ground. That is a team record. Uh, A lot to analyze there and how this defense could improve. For the last person on this list, Ryan, that we'll talk about, uh, who will be featured in your Thursday article. Uh, be sure to pick up the post. Uh, check it out. Probably going to be online sometime Wednesday. Um, is the GM, uh, Mr. John Elway. He uh, maybe has gotten more flack as the year has gone on, but maybe not as much as other GMs would. If this wasn't a situation where the ownership was so unique here, I mean, we could talk for days about how complicated that is. But, Ryan, for you, Elway's responsibility in this, as these these wins or these losses, excuse me, continue to pile up, how much of the onus is on him? And, and if they do lose in Arizona, is there any chance that he's a guy who then suddenly becomes on the hot seat? Um, no and no. <laughs> um, and um, that's, but, but should he be? Yeah, he, any other GM, except for Bill Belichick, who serves as a head coach as well. The ownership problem, the ownership issue helps buy John Elway time because you know who's going to walk into that office and say number seven you're done so that said I get a lot of emails from fans saying hey I've been a Bronco fan since 1975 I love John Elway the quarterback but I think John Elway the GM needs to go so I think there's a lot of blame on Vance Joseph but there should be a lot of blame on, on the on the front office that built this roster because it is a flawed roster. It, uh, the decision to make Bradley Roby your number two corner has not pay, panned out. Um, on offense, the line depth's being tested. You know, you look feel good about your running back and receivers, but uh, when it, when a season goes the way it does, there's enough blame to pass around. It's a difficult league. It's the, the the pressure is so high at all times. I mean, here's a guy Elway. He's 80 and 48 since 2011 when he's hired. Uh, that's a 6.25 win percentage. Uh, that's fifth best in the league. I mean, there's a lot of franchises that would love to be able to support that. But I mean, how much does that buy him time as well? The fact that hey, here's a guy who won a Super Bowl here as a player, as a GM. I mean, is 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 the hometown hero aspect make this more complicated for Elway as well? Um, I think if if there was an owner in place 
who would making final decisions that would buy him time. Yeah. I don't think he's on the clock at all. Uh, Joel's not going to fire him. I mean, that's not going to happen. So, uh, so I think I think you know he's as safe as can be right now, and it's just the clock is ticking on the head football coach. Absolutely, a, a critical week uh, for the Broncos, as we mentioned before, going to Arizona on Thursday night. Be sure to follow all of our coverage leading up to the game. Me and Ryan taking off for Phoenix on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, with that, I will sign off for Ryan and the First and Orange podcast. We appreciate you guys listening in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Pick us up every day in the paper and check us out online at denverpost.com. We will see you next time.